Well, good morning, good morning, good morning. This is Pastor Lester Hayes, Pastor Sharon Hayes, coming at y'all this morning from Tallahassee, Florida. Amen. Kind of cool outside, but we thank God for cooling things off. At least it's not raining and the wind is not blowing like it was a few days ago. <clears throat> so we give God praise. Anyway, it's the day that the Lord has made. And it's not going to affect our rejoicing and entering his gates with thanksgiving and coming in his court with praise. So we thank him that this is a day that the Lord has made. And we're going to rejoice <clears throat> and be glad in it. So we just honor the Lord this morning. We uh, also exhort all of you this morning. We thank the Lord for you all this morning. We thank the Lord for you all coming in, coming on into the call this morning. Amen. It's just a beautiful thing to hear the voices, to hear the pings when you all join us. And so we give praise to the Lord this morning for drawing you back for more <clears throat> because there is more that the Lord has for us. And so we just want to thank you this morning. We do honor our very own pastors, Eric and Pastor Phoebe Davis, More Than Conquerors Warriors Christ Ministry out of Richmond Hill, Georgia, and all of their followers, amen, that are, that are on the line this morning. We are a bigger family than individual ourselves, you know, because we serve a purpose greater than oneself. And so we thank God for this consolidated effort <clears throat> that we bring every morning at 6 a.m. and any other time we gather right now for such a time as this when we can't access our buildings but God has allowed us to be able to assemble the way we're assembling, that we can continue to exalt each other as we see the day approaching. Amen. Because the building has never been what we've depended on, the fellowship, you know, and commune with, with, with the Holy Spirit. You know, we find a way. Amen. God is our way, and he makes a way when there is no way. And so this is a way that God has made. And so we ought to be grateful and humble by it. Amen. That we're still able to not miss a beat, but continue to fellowship, man, and continue to commune with God and the saints and the Holy Ghost man is just he's just he's just all up in the mist you know and i just give god praise man that this is good church y'all this is good time in the lord you we got to celebrate this man amen be grateful be humble by it. be thankful man that we able to still eat good stuff that god sends us good food that god sends us good fresh manner that he sends us man because he knows what his people have need of <clears throat> and no closed door in a building gonna ever stop god from opening the door that nobody can open and make in a way that nobody can make and closing no and, and closing no door that nobody can close but him. And so we give God praise, we give him glory that we we out of the physical building, but we're in the spiritual building. We're in the spiritual realm this morning seeking after God. And so we give praise. Only God can do a miracle like this. And so we want to be <clears throat> grateful to him and humble by it this morning and not take it for granted. Amen. And give no man no credit, even though there were some of us that God used to be instrumental in bringing it to the level of, of proficiency and efficiency where it's at now. So we just thank God for, for that. Amen. I just wanted to acknowledge him for that. And so we honor all of you this morning. Amen. Even the, those friends of ours, those new partners of ours that are all around the world in different countries now that are joining us, whether that be Cashbox Live, Podbean Live, you know, however they're, they're chiming in this morning, calling in on the prayer call number this morning. But we just welcome all of you, all those on the different various platforms, new platforms I've heard about. So we just give God praise because he promised us that if we would fast for 21 days and pray and and, 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 and we pray that prayer, man, and, and, and look at God, he's enlarged our territory. Amen. The prayer of Jabez. And here it is, nine, ten months later, man, look at God. Amen. And so we give God praise because he said some plant, some water, but I give the increase and we're seeing the increase. We don't count numbers, but we're just grateful because we see what God is doing and there's greater yet to come. Amen. And so we thank God that the latter rain is going to be better than the former rain, though our beginnings were small. As he told Job, as Job said, you know, hey, our latter end is going to be greatly increased. And we don't know what that latter end is, but we just know we work toward it with fear and trembling. 
Amen. And, 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 and being saved at the end is just like being saved right now. If we endure to the end and work out our own salvation, we shall be saved. Amen. And so we got to treat the end just like it is now. I'm saved now. Why not be saved at the end? <clears throat> you know, there's a lot of things between now and the end, whenever that is, that can come to kill, steal, distract, take you away. But I thank God. I believe y'all rooted and grounded in this thing, man. I, I believe y'all in for the long run and the long haul. And so, amen. That's what keeps us motivated and keeps us coming back. So we give God praise for that. Only God could draw and do us like that. Amen. So we're grateful this morning. So amen. So we're going to go ahead and get in the word this morning. I, like I said, I'm just so grateful. I'm so full this morning. You know, I, I just thank God. I had some time, you know, to just reflect on him yesterday and it's early this morning. Amen. And I'm just full and just can't wait to share this word today. And uh, it's going to be a blessing to your ears this morning. So let's just pray this morning and get started. Abba, Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Lord, give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is your kingdom, the power and the glory. It all belongs to you. Holy Ghost, we just ask you this morning to give us a word of wisdom. Take us into a deeper revelation of the Lord Jesus Christ, that we may strive, aim to have a more intimate, closer relationship with him because we know more about him and therefore we will not doubt him. And so we just thank and praise you this morning that we're, we're learning, uh, we're, we're having things revealed to us, unveiled to us that we've, we've, we've known that have been there, but we really did not look at them and focus on them with the kind of detail that we are now. And so, God, we thank you for every precept. We thank you for every line upon line, every verse upon verse, every chapter upon chapter. As we go through the 21 chapters of John, we just look to you, Lord God, to continue to open this word up and, and show us these intimate uh, details about Jesus Christ's signs and wonders and miracles and the things that he performed as he was on the earth. And so we give you praise that it's going to increase us in wisdom and knowledge and understanding. It's going to just learn us. We're going to learn more. We're going to know more that we might be more intimately acquainted with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who is the Lamb of God, slain before the foundation of the world. So we just thank you this morning, Lord God, give ears to hear this morning, give eyes to behold and see wondrous things from your plan of salvation as we open this word up. And Lord God, let every heart and life be transformed, Lord God, come in agreement and alignment with the word this morning. We give you praise because Jesus Christ is the living word of God, incarnated, made flesh, coming and dwelling among us, and he's still here today present by the, the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of Truth, God's Spirit uh, with us right now, Emmanuel. And so we thank and praise you this morning in Jesus' name, the Holy Ghost. You teach this word this morning. You shed light on it this morning. You reveal and open it up this morning that we may receive the revelation of our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ, as we look at the subject matter of the revelation of condemnation of Jesus Christ this morning, because so many times we look at his love, but we never look at the fact that the, the fate of the unbeliever is, is condemnation because they believe not. And so, Father, we want to understand this revelation this morning. So we ask you this morning, Lord God, not, to con not, not that we will feel condemned, but God, we will, we will feel uh, we understand the condemnation of Jesus Christ, the revelation, Lord God, that we may properly apply it to our lives and the lives of others this morning, oh God, because if we believe on you, God, we're not condemned, but those who believe not are already condemned. And so, Father, we pray and thank you this morning for shedding light on the word. It's in Jesus' name that we pray this morning. Amen and amen. All right, then, well, we want to go this morning back to the book of John, the chapter three of the book of John, the gospel of John this morning. Amen. And we want to take a look at verse, uh, we want to start at verse 18 uh, this morning. We finished up uh, the other morning, uh, Thursday morning and Thursday evening uh, in 
with verse 17, which says, For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. And this particular scripture, as we transition, uh, provides all of us proof uh, that we need the revelations of the new spiritual birth from above, which can only come through Jesus Christ, who came down, he came down from heaven, which is significant, to earth to seek and to save that which was lost, to offer us that opportunity to be born again. Uh, if you want proof, that is our proof. God sent his son, talking about the incarnation of the word of God made flesh. No, not to condemn the world or man, but that through Jesus Christ to save man. The revelation here uh, is this. All of this contained in these verses, these 17 verses that we, we just finished up, and we're going to transition to verse 18, uh, verses mean is this, is that through him, there is a new birth, and it's a spiritual birth from above that was given to us by God through his spirit only. And we must be born again. We, we, should, we should have that point nailed down now. We must be born again, meaning we must be born from above. We must have that spiritual new birth because we're born of the water, but we also have to be born of the spirit. Amen. Because without you know, the spirit, we're not gods. Amen. And so we must be born again in order to see the kingdom of God and in order to enter the kingdom of heaven, born of the water first and then of God's spirit. Amen. You can't even question that because it's been revealed to us in the word. Here is God's great love revealed to us through his word in the book of John chapter three, verses one through 36. And uh, I would say about this particular chapter, this is probably one of the most powerful chapters in the Bible. Now, I like all of God's word, all 66 books, but it's just something about the book of John. But it's something even more powerful and important to us uh, as Christian believers born of, of the spirit in this particular chapter, John 3. And I hope it's beginning to have the same effect and impact on you that it's having on me because it's just such a powerful book. And uh, John 3.16 is probably one of the most quoted scriptures in all of the Bible, you know, all of the Bible, you know, and, and it's, it's a great verse of scripture. Uh, but there's others in this chapter, too, man, that that sometimes get overlooked or sometimes they don't they get put on the back burner and people just like to preach, uh, you know, John, the book of John, chapter three, verse three through five. And then they jump down to verse 16. And we overlook and we skip over all the other verses, but they are very significant, too. And so Pastor Sharon and I was talking uh, uh, last night and a little bit this morning about verses 18 through 36. And we're going to try to go for that between this morning and 11 o'clock service. So, again, this is Sunday morning, um, October the 4th, uh, 2020. And uh, creating a prayer culture for God. Um, I'm your teacher this morning and I want to. Uh, give, teach from a subject this morning, the revelation. Uh, amen. 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 We went over that already. Uh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. What is my subject this morning? It's a little bit different. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. But it's the revelation of uh, the condemnation. Amen. Which, like, like I said, a lot of times people uh, don't get to this part right here. But it is, uh, I want to talk about the revelation of the condemnation of Jesus Christ. Amen. Uh, you know, there's, there's, there's revelation here about the condemnation. Amen.
And we're going to take a look at that, you know. Uh, don't want nobody to get scared because I said that, but we're going to take a look at it. Amen. That's our, that's our subject matter this morning, the revelation of man's condemnation. That's what we're going to take a look at, the revelation of man's condemnation according to the book of John, you know. And in, in here, this is this is John writing what Jesus said, amen, and what he witnessed. And so it's a revelation. It's just revealing to people, amen. But uh, you know me, I always like to preface my message with some uh, with some scripture up front before we go into the lesson, amen, so you can get all of what the word is saying about this particular uh, subject. So far, we have managed to cover seven revelations about Jesus Christ according to uh, God's word in the book of John or the gospel of John or the fourth gospel that addresses signs and wonders, uh, miracles of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. But today, we're going to take a look at Revelations 8 and 9 and we can get through that. And so, uh, what is uh, the what is the biblical definition of the word condemnation? I think we'll start there because you're going to see this word a lot today in these verses we're going to go through. So I might as well tell you up front, what, what does the Bible say about condemnation? Yes, it, it is in the Bible, and we want to understand what it says so that when we see it, we won't be afraid, but we'll be enlightened. And it says uh, condemnation is to declare or to be uh, declared reprehensible, wrong, or evil usually after weighing some evidence and without reservation. Uh, it could be a, 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 a policy that, that, that may be in place and you violate it uh, and you can be condemned uh, for it. You know, it's the same thing in the natural world as it is in the spiritual world or vice versa. It means to pronounce guilt or, on something or to convict uh, someone. And so what does no condemnation mean in the Bible. So you got what it means. Let's see what it don't mean. Uh, to be in Christ, Jesus, means that for purposes of divine judgment, we do not stand before God alone, but with the righteousness of Jesus Christ as believers, we have received a righteousness from God that is by faith. And so that's the opposite of condemnation to be found guilty. But when you have the righteousness of God, you know, that covers us. Amen. That that covers any condemnation. And so uh, to express an unfavorable or adverse judgment on indicates some strong disapproval of to censure someone to pronounce to be guilty, sentenced to punishment, to condemn a murderer to life imprisonment is a type of condemnation to judge or pronounce to be unfit for use or service to condemn uh, exactly what that applies to, you know. Uh, and so in the Greek now, this word is, is chrisma, which is a noun and is translated judgment. Okay, so when you start talking about condemnation, you're talking about basically judgment. You know, it is uh, 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 a decision. Uh, the Strong's Concordance notes that this word is from the root word Kirno, uh, uh, and which is a noun, and it is translated condemnation, judgment. You know, to announce guilty. Uh, so when you start talking about salvation, you got to talk about condemnation because we're going to see in the word today that it does address. We just got through talking about seventeen verses that talk about being born again, talking about how to have salvation. 
And then you, you flip the coin and there's that other half of the, of the conversation about the condemnation for the believers who don't believe. You know, we, we learned that to believe, you know, that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, you can be saved, you can be born again. Then we learned that for those who believe not, they're already condemned. And so let's look at condemnation in light of salvation. And we're going to take a few verses of scripture to preface this. And we're going to start with the book of Luke, chapter 6, verse 37 of the King James Bible. I want you to think in terms of salvation because we just got through covering 17 verses that address that, deals with believing. But let's look at what the word says about condemnation uh, in the same context of not believing. And again, it says, judge not and ye shall not be judged. Condemn not and ye shall not be condemned. Forgive and ye shall be forgiven. So it's telling us right there that if we believe, we can't be guilty of condemnation or condemning someone else. A lot of times people like to say, you're going to burn in hell. You know, we're judging and we're condemning people. But the scripture says in the book of First Corinthians chapter, uh, chapter um, maybe 4 and 20, it says, judge not, 4 and 5, it says, uh, yeah, chapter 4, verse 5, it says, judge nothing before his time. And so right now we're about preaching salvation. We're not, not, there's therefore now no condemnation to those who be in Christ Jesus. So you see right there, it is warning us, amen, all of us, amen, who have not been condemned, not to condemn, not to judge, leave that up to God. Amen. And then he says in the book of John, chapter three, verse 18, the King James Bible, which is where we're going to start at today. He that believeth on him is not condemned. Okay, there's our transition. But he that believeth not is condemned already. And we learn what condemned is judged, you know, already guilty, found guilty. It says already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten of the son. So there's a lot of people out there right now, man, that are being judged. They're being found guilty. They're being condemned, not by us, but by the word of God. And that should be enough right there. We don't have to step in and add to what God has already said in his word because he said they are condemned already until they believe, until they believe. Just like we read in the book of John, chapter three, verse 17, they, they remain condemned. You know, condemned for judgment now and judgment in the in the second coming of Jesus Christ. That's why it's so important that we get this gospel message out so that they can believe. Uh, then he goes on to say in the book of John, chapter five, verse 24, the King James Bible, he said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that heareth my word and believeth not and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life. And he shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. You know, that's right there in the book of John, the Gospel of John, chapter 5, verse 24, the King James Bible, which we're going to go on when we finish these uh, chapter 3 and chapter 4, and we'll go back over this. Uh, in the book of Acts, chapter 8, verse 1, the King James Bible says this. And again, we're still making this case now about between salvation and condemnation so people can choose between one or the other. Uh, and Saul was consenting unto his death. And at that time, there was a great persecution against the church, which was at Jerusalem. And they were all scattered abroad throughout the region of Judea and Samaria, except for the apostles. So you see right there, you know, when it says Saul was consenting unto death, he was condemning people. He was judging people. And we know that's what Paul was doing until he had his encounter with with the, with the Lord face to face on the road to Damascus. He was condemning them. He was putting them in jail. You know, he was finding them guilty without any, without cause. That's what uh, the example of condemnation right there is to condemn somebody, you know, to judge somebody, to find them guilty without cause. 
you know, and that's what Paul was doing. Uh, and he himself at the time was being condemned until he met with Jesus, you know, because of what Luke six chapter said, verse 37, you know, judge not, condemn not. And that's what Paul was doing. And uh, and so, you know, he was also condemning himself until the Lord saved him and uh, changed his life. And he stopped condemning people in the book of Acts, chapter eight, verse 34, the King James Bible, it says this. And the eunuch answered Philip and said, I pray thee of whom speaketh the prophet this of himself or of some other man. He's talking about Jesus, you know, believe on him. And the eunuch believed and was baptized and received the Holy Ghost, you know, because he, he felt like he was condemned because he was a eunuch and he didn't know anything about Jesus Christ. So he couldn't believe in him. But now Philip meets him and Philip begins to share the good news with him. He began to believe because he never heard it before. And before you know it, Philip had found some water, stopped the, what they was riding in and got down and baptized the man. The dude received the Holy Ghost man. And so he was no longer condemned, you know. And so it's just that simple. Uh, over in the book of First John chapter 3, verse 21, the King James Bible, it says, Beloved, if our hearts condemn us not, then have we confidence toward God. If your heart does not condemn you, in other words, if you know that you have not accepted Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, you know you don't believe in God, then your heart will condemn you. Nobody else has to. But if your heart has not condemned you, that means that, that, you know, that there's something going on in your heart that's just like the rest of us. When we heard the word, somebody said something to us, something happened. We had a tragic encounter. Something happened where we realized our hearts was convicting us. It was the Holy Ghost. It was just your time to acknowledge God or reject God. And thank God that when that happens in the heart, when God sends his spirit, man, to convict your heart and you say, mm -mm, man, I got to change. This is enough. That means that that condemnation period of time frame in your life is over. You know, and you're going to either do one or two things. You're going to accept God or you're going to keep doing what you're doing. And that's going to that's that's self-condemnation. But if you say, no, 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 no. God, forgive me. God, help me, save me, get me out of this situation. And you're sincere about it in your heart. Then look at what he says. That's confidence toward God. Only God can do that because he's the only one that can save you. It's sort of like the conversation between Philip and the eunuch. We know how it ended. He got baptized and he got filled with the Holy Ghost. You know, and so now let's talk about uh, condemnation for unbelievers. We just talked about what happens with believers and those who don't who, who can believe but won't believe and those who want to believe and do believe. We just saw what happens with them. So let's kind of look at now the condemnation, that judgment, that, that guilty plea on people uh, that are unbelievers. And we pick this discussion up again in the book of John, chapter three, verse 18, the King James Bible. And it says this. He that believeth on him is not condemned. Just that, that simple. But he that believeth not is condemned already because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And so it's, it works the same way. This is a two-edged sword. For those who believe, condemnation applies to them not because, you know, they believe. But for those unbelievers, condemnation apply to you in salvation just the opposite. You know, as we read right here, you're condemned already. The book of John chapter 8, verse 24, the King James Bible says this, I said therefore unto you that ye shall die in your sins. For if ye believe not that I am he, ye shall die in your sins. Amen. And so that's, that's that judgment right there if you don't believe. Uh, the book of John chapter 12, verse 48, King James Bible, he that rejecteth me and receiveth not my words 
has one that judges him. And it ain't us, y'all. It ain't the bishop. It ain't the apostles talking about Jesus Christ, the son of God. The word that I have spoken, the same shall judge him in that last day. And we know that Jesus Christ is the word of God. So as you speak in the word, you're actually speaking Jesus to people. That's going to be the judge. That's going to be the final say. That's going to be the final condemnation, the ju final judgment right there, the final guilty plea. And then when we look in the book of 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 4, verse 4, the King James Bible, it says this now. We're talking about condemnation of unbelievers. It says, in whom the God of this world, and that's a small g, of this world, have blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. Amen. And so that we know that the enemy has come in and painted a gloomy, doomy picture that you can't really see. And as long as you're playing his little game and putting your confidence in his little worldly systems and his God, the money and all those material things, it blinds you, man, from seeing, uh, seeing God so that you can believe in him. And if you don't believe in him, you know, you're blinded. That's the only reason you can't. You're perishing because you like the knowledge because you can't see it. You like the vision of him because you can't see it. And so all these things in the world, that's why we're in the world, but not of the world, will blind you if that's all you're looking at. If all you're looking at, man, is to get rich and get some money and, you know, and, and get into these systems in the world and make them your God. And, you know, uh, the biggest one is money. You know, the love of money is the root of all evil because it blinds you. It's the God of this world, you know, the God of commerce, all these things. You know, they, they have their place and they're not to take the place of God because they blind us and cause us not to believe. And we see what happens if that happens. Uh, the, the, the next verse here is in the book of Revelation, chapter 21, verse 8, the King James Bible. It says this, but the fearful and unbelieving and the abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars, all liars, shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. And see, that's the penalty right there. If you don't believe and you die in unbelief, you know, and he gives a whole category of people right here, you know, that will also be added to that list of unbelievers. And all these people right here are categorized with unbelievers because these are people who don't believe. That's why they do these things that he's, he's outlining here in Revelation. You know, let these people continue to lie. You know, God said, I'm going to separate when I come. I'm going to judge them. I'm going to find them guilty. And he gives a whole category here of different people who fall into those categories. And I love it, man, uh, how it says all liars, because some people are kind of confused right now, especially some of the evangelicals out there. They only talk about uh, abortion. They only talk about same-sex marriage. And that's the only thing that they talk about right now. They said that's the reason they voting for this president, because of all those Supreme court justices they're going to put on the bench to do away with you know abortion rights and and, and same-sex marriage rights well what about all these categories right here you know the abominable the murderers the whoremongers the sorcerers the idolaters and all liars you know now you can't exclude that from the word you know that's that's those are go the ones going to be condemned right there too so you got to add them to the list you know you know i'm, I'm against abortion i'm against same-sex marriage you know what i'm saying you know, but I'm also against everything else that God is against. I don't get stuck in just one mind, one, one mindset about this stuff. God is against all sin. And if you stay in that sin until you die in that sin as an unbeliever, then you're going to be condemned. You're already condemned, says God. You know, so let's tell it like it is. 
Amen. Amen. So let's go down here and pick up verse 18. And it says, he that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten son of God. So let's see now what is being revealed to us here. The scriptures are so telling and foretelling, so revealing what is uh, or what or who is condemned. It's so clear right there. Who is condemned? Not all them folks who who uh, who uh, done condemned people to hell is, is, is condemned. Not all them folks that we or others have condemned to hell are condemned. It might be condemned in our mind, but it's not condemned in God's mind because he tells us very clearly who is condemned already. He says, but who does the scripture say is condemned? The revelation of Jesus Christ in the scripture says this, not the believers, but the unbelievers. You don't need to add nothing else to that or take nothing from that. Not the believers, but the unbelievers. When then, when then is unbelievers condemned? They're condemned already according to the word, what we just read already. Why is the unbelievers condemned already? Simple. He or she has not uh, uh, believed in Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, the Savior of the world, the whole world, the only begotten Son of God. No one else can save us. Bible says that there's neither, there's neither, that neither is there salvation in any other name, okay, other than under, under heaven among us, whereby which we, which we can be saved, talking about Jesus Christ. You know, that's in the book of Acts chapter 4, verse 12, the King James Bible. So that is very clear right there. Don't add nothing to that. Don't take nothing from that. Now, notice where this transition takes place. It's right after we just got through talking about God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, verses 16 of this chapter in verse 17. Now you make a sharp turn, and it starts talking about what happened to the unbelievers. We know what happens to those who believe. You're going to be saved. You're not going to perish. But what about the unbelievers? So we pick up a different uh, revelation here. And so let's go on to verse 19. And this is the condemnation. This is the condemnation. This is the judgment. This is the punishment here. This is the, the, the guilty plea. That light is coming to the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. Now, remember, we just read a whole list of deeds in the book of Revelation. And God said their deeds are evil. All those are deeds, whoremongering, murderers, sorcerers, all those are deeds, you know. And people like to just hone in on just what they want to con uh, uh, condemn, uh, uh, be condemned for. But, but, you know, he just talked about a whole list of deeds right there. And he said that's why they don't want this, this light, you know, because their deeds will be exposed, what they've done in the dark, you know. And he said he reminds us here uh, and tells others that light has come into the world, but the unbelievers love darkness. They love their evil ways, their evil days, and their evil habits, their evil events, their partying, their drinking. Remember the day of Noah? Remember Sodom and Gomorrah? All he said in the last days, it's going to be just like those days, just like the day of Noah, just like Sodom and Gomorrah. And we can't deny that. That is going on right now. People are fighting so hard against local government to get the bars open again. They miss their beer drinking. They miss going out, congregating, you know, being close to each other, breathing on each other, getting drunk, slobbing all over each other, dripping those viruses all over each other. They're fighting for these things. But he says that's what the problem is because their deeds are evil. You know, they want the, they want their habits back. They want their, their their lifestyles back and they love their sin. They love their sin. OK, calling right, wrong and wrong, right. 
Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil, that put darkness for light and light for darkness, that put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. That's over in the book of Isaiah chapter 5, verse 20, the King James Bible. He prophesied this. We're seeing this going on right now, you know, and the Lord is saying, you know, and this is the condemnation. that light is coming to the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. It's just very plain according to the scripture. So let's go to verse 20 right here. And it says, for everyone that doeth evil hateth the light. You don't have to tell me you hate it. If you're doing evil, your lifestyle says you hate it. That's what the Lord is saying. That's what that's how he def, he defines this. And it says, neither come cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. You know, least his deeds should be reproved. He says it right there. You know, least his deeds shall be reproved. And when you look in uh, the book of John, chapter 12, verse 32, the King James Bible, check out what light is shed on this situation. It says one thing is for sure about the unbelievers. They will not come to the light on their own. And I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. So you see, that, that's the answer right there. If Jesus be lifted up, they're not coming on their own. They ain't going to put that beer down. They ain't going to put that dope down. Unless something happens, unless I draw them, they're not coming. Unless I draw them, they're not coming. And if I draw them, they have an opportunity to reject me even if I draw them. They're not coming on their own. It's going to have to be some conviction. Something's going to have to happen there. And he tells you right there in the book of John, chapter 12, verse 32, the King James Bible. Then he goes on in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 31, verse 3, the King James Bible. He says this, the Lord hath appeared of old unto me, saying, yea, I have loved thee with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness have I drawn thee. You know, that's what that's what Jeremiah. Remember, Jeremiah wanted to quit and give up. Ministry got too hot for him. You know, living for God got too hot because he was dealing with all these people who opposed him, you know. And God said, no, you know, by loving kindness have I drawn you from your mother's womb, son. Then he goes on in the book of John, chapter 6, verse 44 through 48 of the King James Bible. And he says this, no man can come to me except the father which have sent me draw him and I will raise him up at the last day. It is written, listen at that, at the last day. So there's some people that's yet to come because we're lifting up the name of Jesus right now. We're talking about the revelations of Jesus right now. We're revealing things about Jesus right now that people didn't know. People didn't really know about this strong case about condemnation. Because once they read the book of John chapter 3, most of them go right to verse 16 and some to verse 17, some to verses 3 through 5. And they forget about, man, the other side of that coin. But this is a strong case being made right here, man. He says in the last days, it is written in the prophets. We just read one of them, Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 3, the King James Bible. It says, and they shall be all taught of God. That's the key right there. People ain't perishing, man, for all this other stuff. First of all, they're, being, they're perishing for a lack of knowledge. They're not being taught this stuff. See, when you teach that word, it will convict their heart. And there might be a possibility that people will change, you know. A chain. And it says, because that is the power of God and salvation for all who shall believe it. How can they believe it except they hear? And how can they hear except there be a preacher? Book of Romans chapter 1, verse 16, the King James Bible talks about the power of the gospel. But too many people are ashamed, clergy are ashamed to teach it. They want to teach everything else that people got itching ears and they want to hear. All this when the doctrine is They want to preach what people want to hear, what their ears are itching to hear. They don't want to preach what God is saying, preach, you know, what he taught. Every man, therefore, that hath 
heard and hath learned of the Father cometh unto me. Not that any man have seen the Father, save he which is of God. He has seen the Father. Talking about Jesus who came down from the Father. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me hath everlasting life. I am the bread of life. It's just that clear, you know, just that clear, you know. Goes back to support what we, we, we said that we learned uh, in John, in the book of John chapter uh, th 3, verse 16. Goes on 9, verse 21, and he says, but he that doeth truth cometh to the light, that his deeds may be made manifest, that they are wrought in God. Hold on to that word wrought right there. So then, can anybody escape condemnation? Yes. Then who, pastor? He who practices truth. He who comes to the light. He who work, whose works are done through God. What does it mean then to be wrought in God? The meaning of this is wrought in an, in a, in a, it's an adjective, and it means this, to be molded, to be shaped, to be manufactured, to be changed. You know, God is constantly working out our, this, his work in us. He has begun a good work, going to continue to perform it. He's going to continue to mold us, shape us, you know, back into the image of Christ. You know, we, we learn over in Jeremiah that we, he's the potter, we are the clay. We say, Lord, mold us, shape us, just like the, the prophet said in the scripture there. So God is going to manufacture us back into that, that, that piece, that masterpiece that a master builder can build for himself. Amen. Uh, you know, and that's what it means to be wrought in God. You know, it's like, you know, you take a precious metal or something, you shape it, you melt it, you do whatever, you burn it and work on it, you beat on it. You do everything you need to do to shape it into what you want it to look like. Amen. And so that's what it means to mean the, the, to describe it. It means to be shaping something, altering something, molding something, matter, manufacturing something, uh, you know, and it could pertain to a number of things, you know. And so we, we get a we get a clear understanding there what what that mean, uh, you know, uh, just like the word manifest, you know, understanding that, you know, what that word means. So it's always good to understand, you know, what all these uh, what all these words mean. Amen. Amen. And so we're going to go ahead and kind of come in right there for now. Uh, we'll pick up everything else uh, and finish up verses uh, 22 through 36 at our 11 o'clock service right there. But hopefully um, you got something out of this this morning talking about uh, the difference between what it is to reprove and to rebuke. Uh, you heard that word in there, to reprove. It means to express disapproval. And we know that when unbelievers are always expressing disapproval before God, they're saying that they disapprove of the gospel, they disapprove of what's being said, that's why you got atheists out there right now who are proud to be atheists because they disapprove. But look at what he said in the scripture. He said they will be reproved. They will be disapproved. We read that just a minute ago. And so it's all right there, man, in the scripture. You know, um, you know, they will be rebuked. That's the, that, that word is the same as reproved. You know, to be rebuked by God, man, is very harsh. You know, you know, it's very harsh to be disapproved by God. You know, I can I can handle being disapproved by people. But man, what's at stake here is to be disapproved by God. He said they will be reproved. You know, we read that, I think, down in verse 21, if I'm not mistaken. So it's a lot hanging in the balance here, man. You know that that people have no idea about uh, we need to make them aware of because this is this is real. This is no joke. This is your life hanging in the balance here. And we don't want to get some truth. We want to get all of the truth. We want to know the whole truth and we want the 
whole truth to make us free. Amen. And so we thank the Lord this morning for his word. Uh, yeah, verse 20, he says, For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. Judged by God, you know, and so it's right there. At least his deeds shall be reproved. I would rather be rebuked by God and get it right now before I leave this earth, man, than to, for that the second judgment, man, to be told to be cast into the uh, out of darkness, where there be gnashing and gashing of teeth forever, no return. And so it's very clear, man, of who's going to be condemned and who's not going to be condemned. Believers will not be condemned. Unbelievers will be condemned. And there was a whole host of other people that he threw into that into that category that a lot of times get overlooked. Murderers, liars, whole mongers. We, 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 we saw it all right there. All right, then we'll praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Father, we just thank you this morning for this word. We thank you, Lord God, that we see a clear picture right now of who you say shall be condemned and who you say will not be condemned. So we're praying right now in the name of Jesus that this word will have an effect on the hearers out there today, God, that will cause those who right now are straddling the fence, those who are lukewarm right now, those who are undecided right now, those who are torn between two opinions about God right now, those who are not certain or sure. God, we know we still have lost souls out there. We still have backsliders out there that are taking their chances, oh God, and staying out there too long. And there are also those prodigal sons and daughters have not yet got uh, got sick and tired of being sick and tired out there in the pig pen, Lord God, and, 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 and those out there right now, Lord God, who have chose a different lifestyle, what you call an abominable lifestyle, God, and there are those out there right now who have left the natural use of their body and they're going after pleasing the flesh. And God, there are many, many others out there right now who are, are straight, Lord God, but Father, they're still not serving you. They're still not believing in you. And there are those out there right now who still struggle with the deity of your son, Jesus Christ, Lord God. And so, Father, we're just praying for them this morning, the immature, the mature. We're praying that this word has resonated with them and this word has shined some light on some things, Lord God, that this is no time to be second-guessing, assuming a plan with your salvation, because you said, God, those who believe are not condemned, but those who believe not are already condemned. So we're praying that in the name of Jesus right now, God, that hearts are being convicted right now, minds are being changed right now, and men and women of, uh, that don't know you, don't have that personal intimate relationship with you, haven't heard or haven't learned what we're teaching today right now, God, that this will be the first time that they hear it, and they'll respond to it, oh Lord God, in faith, and they'll believe, and they'll turn toward you and ask you to say them, oh God, as we saw with Philip in the unit, we're praying that this experience, oh God, would take place right now, that other members of the, of the body of Christ, other believers, Lord God, will find unsaved people, family members, friends, God, co-workers, and begin to let them know, God, that there is condemnation already if they don't believe, God, and let them know the fate of the unbeliever, and let them know the reward of believing on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that they might be saved and have eternal life and not perish. So we're just praying right now. We're calling those souls out of darkness into your marvelous light. We're calling those backsliders back. We're calling those prodigal sons to come to their right mind and return back to their first love right now. God, and we're praying for those gays and, and those homosexuals, those other lifestyles out there, God, that they, that they have chosen, that they will today hear this word, oh God, and, and, and feel the love and the power of Jesus Christ right now, drawing them, tugging on their heart, convicting them, Lord God, that they be not judged, oh God, if they would just put their faith in you and turn in to, toward you right now, Lord God, and break free, Lord God, from that lifestyle that's an abominable lifestyle according to the 
word of God in the book of Leviticus, the 11th chapter, the 18th chapter, the 23rd chapter, God, that talks about the violation of these laws and these sins against your body, Lord God. And we saw, Father God, that there was murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and liars, oh God. And we pray for them in the name of Jesus that this be the one and only opportunity they get to turn away from that darkness, oh God, where they're afraid that their, their evil deeds will be revealed. But God, I'd rather them be revealed than to have them reproved, Lord God, hallelujah, and condemned at the end, Lord God. And so, Father, we're praying right now that this be the day of salvation. We're praying and calling many this morning out of darkness from the north, the south, the east, and the west right now into the family of God, into the folds of the sheep this morning, Lord God, that they can experience a life with the good shepherd, oh God, who careth for them, who lays down his life for the sheep, Lord God. And so, Father, we just thank and praise you this morning, Lord God. We give you glory this morning. We Thank you that this word is going out and it's being heard in various places right now. We pray that it will continue to be heard and resonate and minister and speak to your people well after, Lord God, this phone call, Lord God, that many will hear this word and this word will begin to speak to them, Lord God, and they'll begin to be convicted in their hearts and they'll change their minds, oh God, and they'll change, oh Lord God, their decision and say, I'm going to turn to Jesus and I'm, I'm going to check him out for myself. I'm going to give my life to him. I'm going to believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ because I heard the word of God that said that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten and son that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life and I don't want to die in sin I don't want to be eternally my eternally cast out from heaven and so God I thank and I praise you this morning Lord God, for the harvest that is coming as a result of this word. Let it go out now and do what you please, the purpose of what you sent it. Lord God, let souls be saved right now. Let lives be changed right now, Father, is our prayer and our hope this morning. As we continue to lift up and pray for the president and his family, Lord, those seven cabinet members of his that have been affected, Lord God, with this coronavirus. We're just praying for the world situation right now that's going on, Lord God. People are still dying. There's another breakout. We're lifting it all up before you, God, and we're praying for the preaching and teaching of the gospel right now. We'll have an impact on all out there that don't know Jesus Christ, all out there that are putting their trust and their hope, Lord God, in the worldly systems, oh God, and not in God. And so we're praying right now, God, in the name of Jesus, that right here in the United States of America, that you would restore us back to the moral and ethical high ground. We're praying that righteousness will once again exalt this nation. And we're praying that around the world, every nation who will make our Lord their God, that they will become a blessed nation. And Father, we give you all the praise and glory. Now we pray for salvation right now, not condemnation. And we give you praise. We give you glory right now. Every believer become a believer right now at the hearing of this word. And God, we thank you, Holy Ghost, as we lift up the name of Jesus, that you're drawing saints, you're drawing souls right now, you're drawing believers closer to God, and you're drawing unbelievers for the first time out of darkness into his marvelous light. So we give you praise, we give you glory, we give you honor for your word today. In Jesus' name, let it be rooted and grounded in us right now, Lord, that we sin not against you, for it's in Jesus' precious name that we pray, Lord God. Amen and amen. All right, then. Well, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Well, amen. We're going to hear from our very own uh, Pastor Sharon, and then we'll hear from our pastors, Eric and Pastor Phoebe, and the ministers, and we'll be finished for this morning. Amen. <laughs> 